Richard knows it waits for them. Each tunnel he goes down, each turning, each branch he walks, the feeling grows in urgency and weight. He knows it is there, waiting, and the sense of impending catastrophe increases with every step. He knows that it should have been a relief when he turns the final corner and sees it standing there, framed in the tunnel, waiting for him. Instead, he feels only dread. In his dream, it is the size of the world. There is nothing left in the world but the beast. Its flanks steaming, broken spars and juts of old weapons prickled from its hide. There is dried blood on its horns and on its tusks. It is gross and vast and evil. And then it charges. He raises his hand, but it isn't his hand. And he throws the spear at the creature. He sees its eyes, red and vicious and gloating, as they float towards him, all in a fraction of a second that becomes a tiny forever. And then it is upon him. A tiny forever. What a good description. It's fine. I'm fine. We're all fine. Everything's okay. Welcome to the podcast. I'm fine. It's fine. We're all fine. Interesting but boring. Bonus content. Bonus content. Anyway, neverwhere. Neverwhere. Well, hello, best friend. Howdy ho, neighborino. <laughs> we need sleep. Yep. Um, and hello, listeners, and welcome to I'm on Fire. This is the random fun facts podcast. We're random, we're fun, and we're sometimes factual. And this is the bonus book club episode. I'm Arissa, and I'm in Nebraska. And I'm Chloe, and I'm in California. And today we are talking about part two of three of Neverwhere by Neil Gaiman. It was really hard for me to stop reading. Me too, and I was really excited because I, like, was done reading right before we were supposed to record it, and then you were like, I'm a piece of shit, and I'm (laughs) not done reading, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I can wait. It's funny, though, because when I did actually sit down to, like, finish reading, it took me barely any time at all because I was, like, turning the pages, you know? Yeah, it was a really good part. Like, it took a little bit to get into it, but then mm-hmm. you're in it. I'm really excited to see how it ends. Me, too. Um, We probably should have discussed this before we started the podcast, but it's fine. Do you want to do the summary or do you want me to do the summary? And also, is there any uh, passages that you want to read? Um, so I think I did the summary last time because I kept calling Vanmar, Vandemar, Vandermar, something like that. Um, so it's up to you, but I think on 260, the part that's like in italics would be good to read because it's right before the um whole thing with Richard okay did you take decent notes on the uh plot um yeah okay because I did not okay I can do the summary dope the problem with paperback books you have the same book I do 
there's no room for me to write in the actual book. And so I have to write on a piece of paper. And so it's my thoughts on the piece of paper instead of my thoughts in the book. Yeah. And it goes like chapter by chapter instead of page by page. And so it it takes me a little bit to get oriented. Yeah, I basically have been taking notes in my little notebook. I have been doing chapter by chapter. I originally, when I did the first part, I was doing like um, sections because some of the chapters were like separated, you know, but. Yeah. Um, you said 260 for the. Oh, 230. Sorry. Oh, okay. I was like, there's no italics anywhere. Yeah, no, sorry. The top of 230. Okay, dope. All of the italicized area or just that first? I think the whole thing would be good. Okay. Cool. Okay. So the summary. We read chapters 6 through 12 for this part. Um, Stopping at 13. We stopped at 13. We did not read 13. But we did read 12. Yes. Um. So chapter 6. Richard, Dora, and crew are off to find the angel. Tentacle monster tries to steal Richard. (laughs) I didn't take great notes, but these are my notes, and this is what you're going to hear. I can read you my notes. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so Tentacle monster tries to steal Richard. Death walks like Mr. Vandemar. Vandemar, Vandemar, I don't know why I want to keep calling him Vandermar, but anyway... And group wonder, uh, are wondering around. Boss calls, says they can't kill Dora or Richard, only scare them. The crew catches their train. Uh, one car is dark and spooky, known as Earl's Court, and Marquis warns everyone the Earl may not be happy to see him. Chapter 7, Richard describes what he sees in the train car, um, which is like a whole bunch of like court, old-timey court gesture type stuff we find out that Dora's old like everyone in the court is ancient old yes um we find out that Dora's family had reach Earl lets Marquis off safely to pursue other avenues Dora wants to know what happened to her family the crew will meet up with Marquis at the next market Marquis comes back and Lear is being muddied to death (laughs) uh he stops it and asks him to steal a statue. The Earl has trouble remembering and drops the crew off at the British Museum, says it's the short way to Islington, who is the angel. I made a note here that said, top of page 163, Carabas the traitor, question mark, foreshadowing. Then on in chapter 8, Carabas goes to old bailey to find out what the figure is that he took from door's father's office hunter can't go to the surface croup and vanmar scare richard and door richard and door go up to london above to find the angelus angelus uh, at the british museum and they find out there's a party going on Chapter 9, The Worst Woman in the World Returns. Jessica. It's Jessica's party. 
it's Jessica's party. Wow. Um, she, Dor basically tells Richard she won't recognize him unless he talks to her. And so what does Richard do? He talks to he talks her. to her. God, I hate him. I still hate him. You know, he, yeah. <laughs> um, so Jack, Jessica recognizes him. He pulls a dum-dum and talks to her. They find the Angelus and, in turn, Angel Islington, who knows and welcomes them. But Brabus is, in fact, the traitor. I knew it. We'll get to where I'm wrong. Anyway. Right? I was like, aha, called it. And then. Yeah, I oh. wrote it in my notes. Yep. Um, I knew it is in my. Yep. I look like. Gosh darn it. Neil Gaiman. Chapter 10. Rich and Dor are drunkies and fall asleep. Marquis, not the traitor after all, finds out Prue and Proop and Vanmar killed Dor's family for someone else. Hunter has a weird dream about dancing with Scary Weasel, Serpent. <laughs> <laughs> Serpentine is hot scary for Hunter. Lady. Oh, uh, Serpentine has the hots for Hunter. Uh, things want to open door. <laughs> That's in quotes. Door has a dream about her dad, and he says things want to open. The silver box that Marquis gave to Old Bailey tells him Marquis is in trouble. Troop goes on their way. Chapter 11. Hunter wants to kill the beast. They find the Black Friars. There are three trials. Hunter com- uh, completes combat. Door does the riddle, and Richard gets stuck with what is called the ordeal. De Carabas is meantime being crucified and sees a memory of Portico telling Dor she can trust Carabas. Chapter 12. Don't kill yourself, Richard. Richard gets the key. Those are my The notes. end. <laughs> okay, so if I had done it, let me just read you real quick. Uh, chapter 6, my notes. Mental diary. Yep, still hate him. Page 144. Goes to a train, question mark, station, and finds a man, a train, Kraken, tries to take poor infantile Richard. Hot and spicy hunter saves the day. (laughs) We're great. Page 151. I have no idea what's on 151, but I wrote it down. Uh, Page 151. Yeah, it looks like that just. Oh, okay. That's when Mr. Croup and Vandemar, uh, yeah. So, uh, Mr. Croup and Vandemar are talking with boss, Croup mad. The gang goes to Earl's court, which is inside a train, question mark. And those are my notes for chapter seven. Beautiful. We're so good at note taking. Yeah. The best. Anywho. So, this is a, uh, passage from page 230 in the uh, Never Were Authors Preferred text, which Chloe and I both have. Which you heard in the intro. So yeah, that's uh, the dream Richard had in the book that we are reading. Oh, there was something I wanted to say, and I don't remember what it was. Oh, well. Uh, where do you want to start? Um, I don't know. Where do you want I don't know. Where do you want to start? (laughs) I feel like um, a good thing to just, like, get out of the way is the fact that, um, 
I remember. Like, we find out. Oh, okay. Just Jessica Museum. And we can get back to it. Okay. That was your train. Um, no, what I was going to say is one thing that's <clears throat> pretty easy to just, like, talk about and get out of the way is that Marquis is actually a good guy when it comes to Dor because it appears that he owed Portico a favor is how I interpreted it. Yeah. So I'm not totally counting him out as, as doing something dastardly at the end. Like if he does something for her and then like double crosses her. Also, was it Krupp or Vanmar that ate the, the statue? Krupp. Yeah, that was weird. Yes, but he enjoyed um, it. Yes. And he then, enjoyed murdering a piece of history. Um, and then also with that whole side of it, um, we know that it, we still don't know who those two are working for. But at that one point, it makes it seem like Marquis is the one orchestrating everything. It was really well done, but he's actually in trouble now. And Old Bailey is slowly becoming my favorite character. Oh, not even slowly. He is my favorite. He is He's so dorky. Absolutely fantastic. Him. And I want and I really want to watch the show so I can see what they did with Old Bailey because he is just a peach. Yeah, it'd light. be interesting to see the show cuz it's kind of old. Yeah. So, it'd be interesting to watch that cuz I watched Good Omens, which is another book that Neil Gaiman wrote, but he wrote it with Terry Pratchett and the show is really good, but it's newer. It's like twenty. That was like twenty twenty. Yeah, it was like last year or something. And it was everyone so was good. talking about it. Yeah, I didn't know um, he wrote that with Terry Pratchett. Yeah, yep. That's also another book that I started and then never finished. That might be one we have to do for the podcast because I'd be interested in reading it. Yeah. I feel like we should leave the trials and the Black Friars for last. So if you wanted to talk about Jessica Museum. Okay. So basically when he like goes up and talks to her, like he's being super weird the entire time. Yeah. Like. Like the singing thing. Like when you get nervous. Yeah. You sing the song. And then he just starts singing it. Like. After yeah, Dor specifically told you not to go talk to her, then you just start messing with her? Well, yeah, because doesn't she sing the song when she is having sex? Like, isn't that her thing And she starts humming it? Oh, I thought it was when she was, like, overwhelmed. Maybe you're right. I don't remember. I felt like it was, like, this weird thing where he's, like, when you're in the throes of passion... I don't know. Either way, yeah. He was it was a very strange thing because this whole time he's like, I want to get back to my life. I want to get back to being with Jessica. And then he like is so Just strange is about it. Really like rude to her. I wrote like, in my notes, uh, Richard's an idiot or an ass. I think he's both. Unclear which. Could be both. Oh, also, while I right there on page two twenty four, uh they write gray, G-R-A-Y, which I thought was weird. Uh, close to the bottom. Six oh, yeah. gray inches. Yeah. Because the British spell it G-R-E-Y. That's how I spell it. That's also how I spell it, but we are also British literature nerds. That 
is interesting. I didn't even catch that. Yeah, it messed with me a little bit. Okay. Oh, okay. I found it. It's uh, page 202 when they meet. You're Jessica Bartram. You're a ma marketing executive at Stockton's. You're 26. Your birthday is April the 23rd. And in the throes of extreme passion, you have a tendency to, okay, so yeah, when they're having sex, to hum the monkey song, I'm a believer. She goes, is this some kind of joke? He goes, we've been engaged for the last 18 months. She's like, I'd I think I'd know if we'd been engaged for 18 months. And then he tells her his name and that he doesn't exist anymore. And then she like goes to walk away and then he starts singing, I'm a believer. I couldn't leave her if I tried. And then, yeah. yeah. Can you imagine if like someone came up to you and said everything about you like that? Yeah. And you didn't know them? Like you didn't know them at all and you're just like, oh, hey, like. You're from the press. What are you doing here? And he could have just been like, yeah, I'm from the press. He didn't have to get into any of that, especially after he door was like, just don't say anything to anyone and you're good. Yeah. And he's like, all right, I'm going to go gonna mess them things. shit up. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say thanks to everyone. God, I hate him. So I have uh, Carabas hired the goons. I was wrong. Yeah, that was not a great feeling. Because when nope. it first happened, you're just like, oh, yes, I knew it. And then it's like, yeah. oh, no, I'm a dum-dum. Yeah. I also love Vandemar. Is he the dumber one? Yeah. It reminds me of, like, an evil George and Lenny situation. Evil George and Lenny. <laughs> That's a great, fantastic analogy. Well, because, like, George was not ever violent, really. So it's kind of like a little bit yeah. off, but one's not smart. Okay, so on uh, 218, I thought this was just really funny. What, asked Mr. Croup, do you want? And this is when uh, Carabas was downstairs with them. And he goes, uh, what, asked, Ms. asked the Marquis, a little more rhetorically, does anyone want? Dead things, suggested Mr. Vandemar. Extra teeth. Yeah. They're and he's just like interesting people. Yeah. His little inputs everywhere just make me so happy. Like the humor in this is so incredibly dry and delightfully so. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, because that's they make a deal and then it they're shady because they apparently are teleport because <laughs> he was like running for a really long time and then they still caught him i think this is gonna be a very short episode yeah with how much happened like there's just really not a lot to talk about no it was mainly like actiony stuff because like you have they find that the angel he gives them really old wine basically tells them that they need a key to a place to get isn't the key to like get back to him or is it yes. to get I can't remember but basically cause like he said that they could only use the portal that they used originally one time yeah and then so he's like go get this key 
but I, I wondered, like, why he didn't just tell Dor, like, what she wanted to know, because he seems like an all-knowing type thing. Yeah, I'm sure we'll learn here soon. And then... On the wine, though. Of course, I went off on a tangent on that. Here are my notes. Okay, so I know it's magic wine, but the likelihood of a wine holding up for 30 to 40,000 years is absolutely absurd. I wrote absurd. Next, well, wine stop. wasn't that good. Yeah, right? I, and it's about wine, so he, I'm bringing the snob out in me. Next, wine wasn't that good. In fact, it's only become the good stuff that we now know within the last few hundred years. Like wine used to be just fermented grapes. It's mm-hmm. only recently become an art. And then, um, oh, they ta- talked about how it tastes like sunshine. And I've also, I have had wine that tastes like sunshine. And that's my favorite kind of wine is the wine that tastes <laughs> like sunshine. And bright summer days. And then I laughed when he told us it was uh, the last grapes of Atlantis. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Like, that's the only way you can explain it. And these magical grapes and why they don't exist anymore is because it's from the lost city of Atlantis. So I got really hoity-toity up in there. And then I was like, okay, well, fine. Explain it away with Atlantis. I can't even say anything about that. Yeah, I thought it was weird that it was like all this build up for them to meet the angel. And then it was like a couple pages. And then he's like, okay, bye. Yeah, it was like, hey, go find this key. Go get drunk. We'll see you later. Yeah. And then the part with the Black Friars I thought was really good. Um, They had no idea that these trials were going to be part of it, which the angel, I'm sure, could have told them. Probably. It, of course, had to be Richard that went through the ordeal because he's, like, the main character. But Worst main character. That section was, like, really dark. Is everybody kills themselves? Yeah. To kill themselves. Uh, it was Richard somehow doesn't. Well, I think it's because he's too stupid. If we're being honest, I don't know. It's just a weird section, and then all three of them had those dreams, which Doors was like nothing really new except for the fact that she can trust Barabbas. Yeah, but Hunter's and Richard's were kind of, like, weird. And I guess Richard did see the Beast when he was crossing the bridge. I'm assuming they're going to meet the Beast. They have to, because I think Hunter's probably going to die trying to kill it. And then Richard's going to somehow do it. God, I swear to God, if he is the hero in all of this. I just don't, I don't see a way for him to be redeemed. He's he's annoying and he's stupid and I hate him. I think the reason he's written like that though is because everybody in this London below seems so competent about everything and like it's kind of like he didn't even really know what was going on in the uh, like a London above and so he's even more lost in the London below. Yeah, like he's a golden retriever, just yeah. like happy to be alive and to have a ball 
for, I guess, a troll's doll. Yeah. I did really enjoy, again, the very subtle dry humor in this. The photo wall that the monks had. Oh, yeah. That went all the way back to, like, full-on sketches of the people who failed. Like, it just, it got me a little bit. That It gets so dark, and then there's just this, like, humor that comes through it. Neil Gaiman is such an impressive writer. Yeah, he really is. Because it doesn't it doesn't feel out of place either. No, I think the way that he like his humor works is sort of dark in a way and so it works with usually like the the themes in his books. Mhm. I also really liked the last part of chapter 12 where the old blind guy is just like we have lost the key said the abbot to himself as much as to any of them god help us all yeah so there's some foreshadowing yeah what if islington is the beast and they let him out that's what i'm curious everyone yeah like he's not actually a good guy because, like, it was such a short thing, and like I said, you know, the he he seems like he's all-knowing, and, like, he could have just told them everything that they wanted to know. But then he's just like, oh, no, go get this key. You'll need it. <laughs> like, it seems very much yeah. like he's not going to be the good guy. Yeah, like, oh, go get, go get the key to my jail cell and uh, let me out, and then I'll help you. Well, because he even talks about, he's like, Atlantis basically perished because of him. Yeah. But he plays it off like, oh, I couldn't protect them. Yeah. And maybe it's going to be, like, some weird, like, virtuous thing where he's like, they were awful and so they had to go. (laughs) Like Thanos or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Like, everybody in the world's awful, so kill them all. Yeah. This is a spoiler. (laughs) For the 100, if you haven't finished watching the 100, there is a spoiler coming up. Please fast forward two minutes. Have you it's finished watching like... the 100? Yeah. So, like, the the beings, the tran- transient beings or whatever, the, the test. And it's like, oh, humans fail because Clark took the test. Literally, the ending of the 100 could not be worse. I know. I could do a whole episode on why the 100 sucks. (laughs) It was so good. And then they're just like, the human race has transcended. Clark doesn't get to do it at the end. Sorry. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. alert. And everybody else is like, I would rather die forever, even though we've all been working towards this thing, because I want to be with Clark. And Clark shoots Bellamy. For no reason at all. Bellamy dies for nothing. She doesn't even get the journal, which is the whole reason she's like, no, Bellamy, give me the journal. I got to protect the kid. And then he's like, no, Clark, it's bigger than all of us. And then she shoots him. And she doesn't even take the journal. And then she doesn't take the journal. Yeah. And they still have the kid. Yeah. It's the dumbest thing. And he doesn't get to transcend because she's the reason he he died. And dead people don't... Tra- it, mm-hmm. Anyway. 
Yeah. This is a spoiler for the 100. <laughs> if you haven't finished watching the 100, there is a spoiler coming up. Please fast forward two minutes. Um, if you haven't finished the 100, stop watching after like season. Well, four? I like parts of the last season. No. <laughs> Once, once, spoiler alert, once, like, Bellamy and all of them go into space, just pretend they lived happily ever after. And When they get else, to the new planet. Yeah, forget that. Like, when they go, when Clark, they, everybody thinks Clark's dead. Before she even meets Maddie, that's when you stop. I would say just don't watch the last season because I enjoyed the 100 very much. But the first four, actually... Season one, skip season two. Well, you have to watch season two because it... It makes less sense if you don't watch season two. Yeah, you have to watch season two, but season two sucked. And then season three and season four were like chef's kiss. Yeah. Um, My humble opinion is just to watch season one because Lincoln also dies. Oh, yeah. At least... At least his death has a purpose. Like, it yeah. adds to Octavia's character arc. But dang, man. Like, the one But this is character. not this is not an episode about the 100. <laughs> this is an episode about, about Neverwhere. Neverwhere. And I am starting to feel sick, which means I need to eat. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't really have anything else to say because it was just so filled with action. And yeah, there wasn't really anything to discuss. Other than the basic plot. Yes. Dope. All right. Well, uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, tune in on the first Wednesday of March to listen to part three of Neverwhere by Neil Gaiman. Um, make sure you leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. And if you want to hear these episodes more often than how we're doing them, and we'll uh, make that work. Otherwise, go follow us on, excuse me, oh man, I need to eat. Go follow us on Instagram at I'm on fire the pod and we'll, excuse me, talk to you guys next time. Goodbye, best friend. Bye, best friend.